0: Thanks for listening to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. We are continuing on in our Inspired series. My name is Drew. Uh, it's not Andrew. It's just Drew. And, uh, and I get to be the lead pastor here at the Church of Severn Run. I get to be a part of a great team of people who are um, here serving you and, and the whole purpose that we are here um, is to serve you and call out the, the glory of God that's in you and, and this Inspired series is foundational to everything that God's gonna do in the future. I wanna remind you a few things to kind of, these are common themes that will be throughout all of our weeks together in the Inspired series. So what is Inspired? Well, it's when something of God, right? Something in God, something of God, and God is infinite in every direction, so it can be anything and at different times, it is scripture, Um, it it can be something God reveals through somebody's actions, Um, it can be a thought that God plants, it can be a dream, it can be anything, you know, but something of God ignites something in you. And changes you, and, and where there was darkness, there is a new you know a new attitude, a new life and so so when we come near God, like you know common sense, right you can 't come near fire yesterday um, i don't know i, I don 't even know how the video came up, but uh, uh, there was a little video that came up on, on the feed, and this guy had a, a torch, and he was doing something with a chair outside and um, you know, it was like he was warming the caning on it or something, some arts and crafts project. So he's got this torch, propane, and, he, and he's warming up the chair, but he keeps it too long in one place and, and it chair catches on fire. So what does he do? He says, oh, and he puts the, the, the torch, still belching flames, into his boat <laughs> and runs <laughs> and grabs a fire extinguisher to puts out the chair and then looks over his shoulder and his boat is on fire. That's the way fire works. Um, that's the way heat works. When you are near God, in the same way, the life and light and, and power and majesty of God ignites something in you. You can't put fire and flammable and not have difference. And you can't put God and broken uh, without having difference. And so my prayer for you is that you would be inspired in 2020. That something of God would ignite something in you. Um, And that you wouldn't uh, live out of the energy of your broken any longer. Now, inspiration is a three-part journey. It involves hearing what God says, right? Uh, It involves um, going a step beyond hearing what God says and and actually trusting what God says. And, you know, that that can be a moment. Okay, God, I I heard what you want, but I, I don't. But no, 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 you, you got to trust. And instead of being repelled by God and, and his invitation, you, you, you see the attractive truth and you move towards. And the third part of the journey is you actually do what God says. And when these things happen, then we begin to live an inspired life. The reality is, again, big series, um, you know, a theme through everything. We're all going to live from the devastation of our wounding on earth. Right Because you cannot live on planet Earth without this world hurting you, wounding you um, and and breaking you that's that 's the nature of of this 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 broken world. You walk on broken glass there 's going to be damage done. you live in, in in a world alienated from its creator and and there 's just going to be you know, addictions, sorrow, sadness, selfishness, um, misguided lies. There's just going to be crazy in every direction. And, and it's going to produce an energy in your life, a reaction of some sort. So we can all live out of the woundedness of our brokenness, or we can live out of the inspiration of our healing through Jesus Christ. And I have seen people who have a little bit of wounding in their life, and they live great devastation. And I've seen people who've had great devastation in their life, and they live out of the energy of of their their salvation with incredible healing. We all make that choice. So so here's the, the deal. Inspired requires thinking God's thoughts. My thoughts are not inspired. <laughs> my spots, thoughts are very much um, and They really, really are. And my thoughts are very much filled with uh, smallness and darkness and all the, the shades of my own brokenness. And so are yours. But God's thoughts are completely different. So, so inspired requires questioning every idea that I'm tempted to live from in time, Right? Um, because I'm tempted to live for my broken and the insanity of my brokenness is that for part of my broken and part of yours, we just want to try it all the more and all the harder. That's the cycle of addiction. It's the insanity of pornography. It's the, it's the, uh, the, the brokenness of, of endless serial affairs as though sex could save you. Um, you know, okay, so I'm just going to try more. Well, um, that's, that's uninspired. We can live from that earthbound, tied to time. This makes sense to me. It's a logical response to my pain. Or we can live with truth from eternity, uh, with the ideas of heaven in our lives. Again, remember, one of the big themes is too that God created light over a formless and dark earth. We sinned, and we returned to that darkness. But God, who is the light, sent his son Jesus Christ into the world and he he became the light of God for all of earth and all of mankind. So my thoughts, they got no light. My thoughts, they're full of dark. Your thoughts, they're full of dark. But God's thoughts are heaven come to earth. You want to know who Jesus is? He's God's best thought. (laughs) And when we trust He's God's best thought that becomes our only hope in life. It feels like sometimes everything's falling apart. And you look around in the world with all that's going on, and and it is easy, at least for me, to despair. I look on what's going on in our political life in this country, the way we talk to each other, the way that being an American means less to most of us than being a Republican or a Democrat. I hate the way we treat each other. And I look at all this and and it's easy to think it's just well the old phrase that I don't know if Baptist pastors are allowed to say is going to hell in a handbasket. If I'm not allowed to say that my apologies. <laughs> but Ephesians 1:10 says this, and this is the plan. Heaven has a thought. And this is the plan. That at the right time, he, God, will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. And so the thought of God is so complete and so powerful. The thought of God that began the world in the first place is working actively to redeem it all. And although it feels like things are falling apart, everything in Christ is coming together. And now we choose our place in life. Are we going to live in our autonomy and independence from God, declaring, um, you know, that we are going to be a a God-free zone and we're going to live in our brokenness or I'm going to surrender my life and my thoughts to God's. And I'm going to allow the God who created life in the first place in love to create life in me and to bring my life together otherwise, it's going to fall apart. So, the point today is so simple and basic, um, you know, but it is so profound when applied. God's thoughts bring light and life. Our thoughts bring darkness and death. And I'm just telling you, if you're wise, you'll catch this truth when you're young. If you're foolish... Um, you'll catch this truth when you're old, and if you're really foolish, you'll never catch this truth and live a life wounding everyone in your path and then die and wake up and see the glory of God and live in, 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 in just eternal regret. Think God's thoughts. That's how you live an inspired life. And I'm just telling you, this is possible Again, I want you to know that we as a staff team are here to, to serve you and to lift you up. You are the plan of God. It's not Christian celebrity. It's not people on stage. It's not people having talents that you don't have. Oh, I wish I could sing, you know, or, you know, I wish I could, I could speak. No, 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 no. Um, that's your thought. God's thought is I created you before the foundation of the world. I formed you in, in your mother's womb and I gave you my image, and you bear my greatness and my glory. I gifted you for the part I want you to play in my redemption story. So the normal way to look at life in church is, um, I'm nothing, I'm insignificant, uh, I'm not gonna make much of a difference, and I wish I was as good as those people. That's garbage. All of those people, they're just the same as you people. You know, you guys might look at me and say, he's got it all together. Ask my wife. I'm not saying I make room for intentional hypocrisy in my life. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I am a broken human being. I'm no different than you. But you are God's plan on earth. We've been talking about this for a long time. And in 2020, it's time to change our thinking. It's time to trade our thoughts for God's. It's time to stop living dark thoughts that are based in earth and time and wounding and pain and the attitudes and opinions of other people. It's time to think God's thoughts. And just like that torch the guy tossed in the boat, <laughs> when you bring your, um, your mind um, proximate to God's mind, when you bring your heart to his, um, when the best thought of God, Jesus Christ, becomes your best thought every day, you're going to be inspired. And in a dark world, you are going to be a point of light that is eternal and changes other people's destiny. You, not somebody else, you. And nobody on earth may ever know your name, but I guarantee you, you know this right now. Heaven is watching, right? Everything you do on earth has a consequence for all of eternity, it echoes. And, and if anything matters, then everything matters. And so, I want you to accept the challenge to be inspired. And, and whatever God is saying to you, hear it. Trust it. And in 2020, get down to actually doing it. Think God's thoughts. So, test time. It's review. You know, what does uh, Pastor Drew want me to do today? He wants me to... Okay, ready? That's it. Because God's thoughts are amazing. Now, some of you are going to be asking, well, how do I do that, right? I mean, uh, there's a ton of people who claim to speak from God, and, and all kinds of evil is done in God's name, and we've all probably been wounded by somebody who was claiming to speak to God or serve God or whatever, so how do we really know which thoughts are God's? Well, I can't do all your homework for you, that would be cheating, um, and, and you're going to have to faith it forward with, with the Holy Spirit, but I want to give, give you three, three keys to, to, to knowing which are God's thoughts. The first is this, they'll be different. They're just going to be different. Uh, if you have your Bible, turn to Isaiah chapter 55. And in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9 clarifies this uh, pretty emphatically. In fact, for those of us who are a little slow, um, God's speaking really clearly. Drew, insert your name. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and, and so there is a humility on the one hand that, that, that should begin to take root in our lives as we begin to kind of kneel to, to a, a, a glimpse or a, a scent of, of the, the, the glory of God, the awesomeness of, of God, the smallness of our lives in time versus the vast scope of eternity. I have a friend who works for NASA and, uh, and he's always got instruments going up on all these different, um, you know, these, these different missions. And, and, and I'm just astonished at the discoveries that keep rolling in. It's kind of not linear anymore. It's almost exponential as we're discovering more and more about our, our universe. And, and, and I mean, um, and we're discovering that is, it is bigger and bigger and bigger and more vast than we've even imagined, we, it 's mind blowing literally it 's like the the fused trips in my small thinking as as I contemplate what what god is has thought and how how high he is and and then again, on the other side of all that god 's created that 's still nothing compared to who he is and so God is inviting you to learn to distrust your thinking he 's inviting you to recognize that that you and he you know uh, you 're you're not the same, you know um, you know at funerals from time to hot time, I hear people talk about you know the, the man upstairs, you know God my buddy, and it 's like eh, you know i 'm not trying to judge or anything, but you know he 's God almighty you know <laughs> and, and 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 there is an awe to his presence and his vastness, but when you and I conflate. Uh, Our will with God's will, our ideas with God's will, our our understanding from politics on. And I I do want to say one other quick note on politics. Everything that you do and say um, from, you know, has to be from scripture. Uh, Yesterday, Marsha once again took on the internet. She's determined to get this interweb thing right. And uh, one of our old friends back in, in uh, from, you know, from high school days, um, very key in our church, posted this really hateful um, statement about, about a political leader. I mean, mocking how they talk, mocking how they look, mocking everything. And and somehow, as a Christian, you know, there was no Christ in it. And so, Marcia, very, you know, um, she's Marcia. And so, you know, you, know, you know, Matthew 12 says that we're gonna give an account for every careless word we speak. And, and Ephesians 4.29 says as believers that we're not supposed to let anything out of our mouths that's corrupt except what builds up the other person. And so, so thinking God's thoughts applies to every arena of our life. There is no exclusion zone. Got it? All of our thought life um, is different than God's. And and in the humility of that, uh, you know, verse eight and nine says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Verse six says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways, and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them, and to our God, for he will freely pardon. If I, in arrogance, choose to hold on to my own thoughts, I can do that. I am free to do that. But the price of my thought is I forfeit God's thought. The price of my thinking, my thoughts, and choosing to do so in arrogance is that I am pitting my three pounds of of gray matter against the infinite wisdom of an almighty God, and and all that I'm calling light and good is actually dark and bad. But the truth is that the self-satisfied will never hear or turn to God. God. You see, satisfied people can never really have a relationship with God in one sense. You got to be needy. You got to be broken. You got to be dissatisfied with this world before you'll ever be open to the possibilities of God. And so, in Isaiah 55, verse 1, here's the thought of God Come, all you are thirsty, come to the waters. And I don't understand what this next verse really means, all that it means, but I like what it says. Um, And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Wait a minute, I got no money, how do I buy and eat? I think God is saying, for all the excuses that we would offer why we can't live an inspired life, grace has already covered it. I've already given you everything you need for life and godliness, the scripture says. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Buying without cost? Hmm. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me. Eat what is good. You'll delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. God's thoughts, they're going to be different than yours. And if you want to hear them, you have to listen to them in humility. The second way we can know which are God's thoughts are they're going to be Jesus, pure and simple. I know several of you really struggle um, with this idea that, you know, uh, I just, it's too complicated. I just i just can't get God's will. Well, back in the day, I heard, and, and I think it was truth then, um, you know, back in the day, we used to have paper maps that you'd look on. Any of y'all remember those things? Some of you, nobody? We often look at the, you know, the, the will of God as, as our effort to sort of put pins in the map to get where we want to go. But becoming a believer means that I am yielding my whole thought process to learn to think the thoughts of God. And so it's not a roadmap so that I can get where I want to go. It's a relationship where I'm listening to love. Love. And 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 God's thoughts will be Jesus. Jesus is God's best thought. And when we listen to God's best thought, He becomes our only hope. And, and now when I'm posting something on Facebook about something in the opposite party, I I have to say, does this sound like Jesus? Does this have the heart of value that Jesus had towards other people? <laughs> does this what I'm saying? Uh, reflect the love of Jesus so much that they're going to be intrigued by the love that I'm I'm speaking to them. That they're going to want to know who is this Savior that they're, that they're talking about. It's just going to be, it's just going to be like Jesus in some form or fashion. And I'm just sorry I just took away all your excuses um, for not being inspired. The word says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, highlighting the the word of God over all of created existence. And the word was with God and the word was God. You can trust Jesus. He truly is the son of God. He was with God in the beginning. Verse three, through him all things were made and without him nothing was made that has been made, including you. Now listen to this, okay? Some of you all are, are hurting, some of you all are, are in your own uh, shadow of hell, in your family, in your relationship, in your loneliness, um, at, at work. Uh, listen to what this this verse says. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. So I'm in darkness. What do I do? I can make my plans, and think my thoughts, and and strategize, and and try to find my way to a better place, or I can turn to the creator who made me, I I can listen to the light that is the light of all mankind, including me, and in humility, I can say, Jesus, be my light, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And, and the crazy thing about inspiration, again, fire happens to have this habit of creating fire in the things it touches. And so it is with inspiration and light. I am the light of the world, Jesus said. And then he said, you are become light of the world. Verse five says, the light shone in the, shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. This is an amazing passage and even in the prophecies of Isaiah in verse three through five, I believe it's, a, it's a, uh, a prophecy of Jesus. Give ear and come to me. Listen, that you may live. I want to make an everlasting covenant with you. Uh, my faithful love promised through David. See, I have made with him a witness to the peoples, a ruler, a commander of the people. And, and this, a reference to Jesus, surely you will summon all the nations you know not and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the I am your God, the Holy One of Israel, for He has endowed you with splendor. Jesus is God's best thought. And, and when you're thinking God's thoughts, it's gonna evoke Jesus. It's going to smell like Jesus. It's going to be gracious like Jesus. It's going to inspire like Jesus. It's going to be selfless like Jesus. It's going to be generous like Jesus. It's going to be caring like Jesus. And and it never, ever stops. The third way that we can know which thoughts are God's is, is this, that they're going to inspire forever now. In Isaiah 55 Verse 10 and 11, it says, as the rain and snow come down from heaven and so do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish. So so the reason why God inspires is to bring about new life and change. And it is impossible, the word is saying, for the word of God and the thoughts of God not to have impact, life-changing impact. Water cannot pour from heaven and end up dry on earth. It just doesn't work that way. So it is with my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And now verse 12 begins to describe the listener's To the word of God, you will go out in joy, be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will uh, burst into song before you. All the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bushes will grow the juniper. Instead of the briars, the myrtle will grow. And this will be for the Lord's renown, an everlasting sign that will endure forever. You need to understand that your life inspired is the glory of God revealed in time on earth. And if you shrink back and live a small, sad, self-pitying life, you, you forfeited the glory of God. The thoughts of God inspire forever heaven to be glimpsed and felt in some form or fashion on earth now. Now. Uh, the, 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 the scripture that we've been emphasizing all this, this last year and, and longer about, about the, the thoughts of God taking over life and the spirit of God producing the, the fruit. Um, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. These are from heaven, people. And, and they're in time, I'm just telling you that you have no idea what your choice about whose thoughts you're gonna think, you have no idea how that's gonna echo throughout eternity. When I was young and living in an alcoholic family, it was a very stressful, unhappy place. I was not a tough guy, obviously, but I never had to worry about fighting at school with anybody because my brothers hit harder. (laughs) And the last fight I ever had with my brother, my brother was very unhappy, I was very unhappy, and uh, he was very particular about everything you had, and if you touched anything of his, he was on you. And this was right before he left the house, um, and again, the last fight we ever had. And I don't really remember what it was about, except I didn't start at this time, which I did sometimes. And and it it was just the rage of hell and angry, and, and I put my fist through his door, and no parents around, you know, that's the way it was with us, and, and I was just in a rage, and at this certain point, I just didn't care anymore. I mean, literally, I didn't care about anything, and I am I'm now going after my brother, which I really did, you know, and my brother... Um, was changing and growing and, and, and becoming, and, and he, just, he, he just turned things in a moment. And he wrapped his arms around me, and he picked me up like a little kid, and he carried me to his bed and, and, and just hugged me and just said, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. And something in me changed in that moment. I I really do believe that was a fork in the road between me going on to become a very angry young man who didn't care about anything to something in my heart melting and, and, and softening. The thought of God, turn this around in my brother's mind, changed my life. If Satan has lulled you into believing that your choices can't make a difference in time, it's a lie in small ways and dramatic ways. Years later, I was um, working in an apartment complex and, and got called by the police to come up there, and there was a family there that, that uh, was just living in constant chaos, the misery of hell. If, you, if you've ever felt it, you know what I'm talking about. And, and it was just ugliness and, and constant churning you know, And there was no peace for the kids in this house. And there was a little boy there who was just in a rage. We were outside, outside the apartments, people standing around, police cars there, parents being restrained, fighting going on. And this little boy was done. And they called me for him and he was done. He was, he was gonna take on the world. And I reached down and I grabbed this little boy. And I knelt down and I had to restrain him. I mean, I'm holding on to him, but I did so because I thought it would probably end up better for him if he fought with me than that very angry policeman in front of him. And I held him tight at first so that he couldn't hit me or anybody else. And I just kept whispering, shh, 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 it's okay, it's okay. And I held him and I held him and he fought me hard, he fought me hard and I I continued to hold on and then I could feel his grip loosening. And I just began whispering, I don't know what I said. I don't have the words. I just, I just tried to be love to him and tell him that he mattered. And, and through his tears, he's just sobbing hysterically at this point. And he, and he finally turns to me. Again, red lights flashing, chaos all around, noise everywhere, he just turns to me. And now he's hugging me. And I will always remember my neck being wet from his tears as he wept, but in that moment, I got to be the smallest of the smallest of the smallest amount of the forever love of heaven in that broken now moment. Think God's thoughts in big ways and small ways, and you you will bring the will of God. You will be a piece of the plan of God. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to have an audience. You will be on the front platform of the the plan of God's holy redemption. And you'll see it in heaven if you're willing to wait. And, and you will see how by thinking God's thoughts in that moment, in that argument with your wife, in that moment, which it, in, instead of storming out and going into the arms of that other woman, you listened to God and you turned your heart back to home. Instead of picking up the bottle one more time and going back to the insanity that's never worked in the past, you had another thought and you, you heard love and in that moment forever showed up on the scene of the timeline of earth. That's the significance of your life and your choice. So what I'm asking you to do in 2020 is be inspired. Can't tell you what it's going to look like. I'm not saying you'll be famous. I'm not saying people will applaud you. Angels will. And the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit will. And they will wrap their arms around you one day and wipe away every tear that you ever cried in this broken world from all of its wounding. And they will whisper and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Will you be inspired? Will you lay down your thoughts? Will you pick up Jesus, God's best thought? And will you follow him to live an inspired life for the rest of your life? don't want you to answer me. Would you go now in these moments and just answer God and decide how much of your life you're going to keep and lose and how much of your life you're going to give and save. Father, in the name of Jesus, may we, your people, in these moments, surrender every part of our broken and our dark to be inspired by your salvation and your light. Hear the turning prayers of your people, Father. Hear them. If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. And As we like to say, love well, live Jesus, and believe big.